So, uh, before we get into uh, the uh, fascinating episodes of Community we're going to cover on uh, today's episode, you you and I do have some beef to squash, uh, real quick. Yes, welcome to our podcastra. Um, we're going to talk about <laughs> uh, which is would be a terrible podcast, but it is an excellent segment on this podcast. Yes. So this will concern uh, the film released almost a calendar year ago, Ad Astra. Uh, starring Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, cameos by uh, N- N- Natasha Leone, and I—he has a thankless wife. Care, I think it's like Liv Tyler, is it? Yes, it? it's Liv Tyler. Yeah. yeah, yeah Jesus yeah. Christ, you have Liv Tyler for like a nothing part, uh, which is uh, unfortunately the Liv Tyler story. Um, but you and I, <laughs> you and I are going to hash out uh, some beef related to the movie Ad Astra. And listeners, if you don't want to hear. Uh, debate back and forth about Ad Astra. I will include a time code in the description where you can completely skip <laughs> that and listen to the thing you showed up here to listen to. Hey, this is uh, if you follow us on the, the Twits, then you on the know that this was going to come. So uh, we uh, warned you. We warned everyone. You uh, so only this slightly be upset. This is now is your last chance to get out. <laughs> uh, so get out while the getting's good. Uh, but yes, is anyone Natasha that follows- in this movie, my dude. She has one scene, my good dog. She's like at the welcome center on Mars or some bullshit. Some bullshit in this fucking movie. Mars Um, is such a wild fucking idea in this movie. I love it. Mars is a wild place. This movie is full of wild ideas that it uh, is not interested in exploring. So (laughs) anyone that followed us on socials saw us. It was friend of the show, Alex, from Six Seasons and a Podcast. He's been on our show. We've been on his. Great friend of the show. Was talking about the Netflix original show, Away, which I've never heard of. Uh, it's it plays when I have Netflix up on the TV, but haven't touched it in a while, and it shows me all of Netflix's offerings. That is the old. Yeah. I think Natalie yeah. Portman is in it, or like no, some uh, Natalie Hillary. Portman lookalike. It's Hillary Swank, dude. Chill, it's the Swank. Well, in that spacesuit, she looks like fucking Natalie Portman. Dog. Natalie Portman's um, in a different space movie called Lucy in the Sky. Lucy in the Sky from the creator of Fargo, season four coming soon. Um, <laughs> so we were. He said, "Away is better than Ad Astra, but not as good as The Martian." Uh, the Martian, uh, a movie I quite like. Did you see The Martian? Oh yes, big fan. I think it's delightful. It's, it's, it's delightful. exactly the kind of space movie I like. It scratches the same itch as Apollo 13, where it's like, this is a person in a tough situation in fucking space, where it's like the worst possible place to be in a tough situation. And they just have to like do simple tasks and simple problem solving to get themselves out of it. Uh, yeah. The Martian, check it out. Donald Glover is in it. Yeah, um, I think we've even spoken of his specific cameo previously on the show. Yeah, we talked about him slipping and falling and being like, we'll retake it, right? And Ridley Scott being like, no. No, oh, that was great. <laughs> we're good. We're going to move on. And he was like, but <laughs> I fell. <laughs> Which is uh, just very good. You got to respect Ridley Scott. King of space. You don't have and, to respect um, Ridley Scott. He, did do, he did do Exodus Gods and Kings in which yeah, he cast he, um, an all-white has, cast to play Egyptians. So he, you don't have to respect him. He, also, he okay. can't tell a good story in the Alien universe anymore. And that's why he's got his own show on HBO that's not in the Alien universe. All right, because he has my too dog. many stupid I, ideas in his like, brain. <laughs> it sounds like you and I are going to need to do Podmetheus here coming up. Because uh, <laughs> that movie is better than people give it credit for. Podmetheus, Prometheus is fine. Alien Covenant's bunk. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see Alien Covenant. But okay, I don't. Okay, <laughs> You're before not we get into that Astra, Prometheus, not a great film. Kind not of a, a yeah, sure. <laughs> kind of a dumb film, but there's a lot of good stuff in it. Yeah, um, d- if you the, can get past scientists doing shit that scientists wouldn't fucking do, then yeah, I it's a fine movie. <laughs> I don't care. It's a hor- you know it, it, the rules of a horror movie. It seems to bother a lot of people. Someone I don't takes mind off their so glove and touches an alien living specimen. Yeah, that's it's dope. You so should do that dumb. too if you get the chance. <laughs> that's so fucking rule. Uh, but the but the starfish uh, rules. surgery rules. It's very good. Um, the problem with Prometheus is that Ridley Scott is not interested in the same things that the audience of that movie seems to be interested in. Where he is very interested in like robots as God toying with humanity and the audience was like no tell us where the alien comes from and it's like <laughs> what do you mean where the alien space it came from space yeah. i don't need to see the origin of the xenomorph it came it's a scary thing from space <laughs> idiots uh anyway i think um, that you might be um we can't do podmetheus because you're too I'm your police chief. You're too close to this case, Kev. Yeah, I'm I've really, gotta, I'm really. Okay. Damon Lindelof bench. did write Prometheus, <laughs> so I think I'm just, I'm, I'm too on the edge here. But, Idris Elba's okay. in it though, so I'm equally. You have to kick me out. Idris is really good in that movie. Idris is as good like in the, everything. As the pilot of the spaceship, he's very good. Very good. Uh, my issue with Prometheus is that the short film trailers they made to promote it are, are excellent. <laughs> And the that movie is, so is fine. Those uh, shorts you, about um, what's the, the android's the, name? The, the commercial for David. The David, uh, yeah. where it's just like Michael Fassbender, like, "Hello, I'm a friendly robot." Um, <laughs> and uh, has ulterior motives. And Guy Pierce doing like a TED talk, like young Guy Pierce doing so a TED good. talk, are both excellent. They should just be at the beginning of the movie Prometheus. And then Prometheus is a fine enough movie, but I don't know. You got Idris, you got Charlize, you, you got, got Numi Rapace, you I got love Michael Numi Fassbender. Rapace. You've got Oops, uh, almost Tom Hardy. Yeah, you got uh, you got <laughs> Logan Marshall, uh, what, Green. Brian Austin. Yeah, Logan Austin Green. <laughs> um, and you got fucking Rafe Spall. Like I don't know how much more a movie needs for me than that. Honestly, they're in no, space. The cast cool. is phenomenal. Great. Charlize yeah, exactly. Theron as the bad guy. Okay. Yeah, rules. All right, here for it. Cool space captain Charlize. I literally don't care about any other aspect of the movie if you give me cool space captain Charlize Theron. That's great. all That's I great. care about. Benedict Wong uh, anyway. in this movie too. Yeah, it's Wong. Great. It's a great yeah, movie. Wong rules. Uh, good, good flick. Underrated. Not, not a great flick. I'm not here to say like Prometheus is an underrated masterpiece, but like <laughs> Prometheus is better than you gave it credit for in 2012. Audience, oh, better than everybody. Yeah, I walked out of that theater yeah. pissed because I thought it was going to be a prequel, um, and then only found out later that like Damon Lindelof showed up and like later and rewrote a script that was. 75% prequel, 25% its own thing into a script that was 75% its own thing. And only like 25% like we'll mention where the things come from. And I didn't, I, like I said, I didn't learn that until like a week yeah. and a half after I saw it. So, so remember, I remember like getting a time hop, um, which for those of you who are uninitiated and <laughs> unaddicted to their phones, time hop is the thing that reminds you of the dumb shit you said in the past. I got a time hop. That was me just bitching about Prometheus being the worst movie I'd spent money on. Which is funny because I'm almost positive, A, I didn't spend money on that movie, <laughs> and B, almost a week later, I had to completely change my mind, but didn't think about yeah, deleting that absolutely. message. Um, it's, it's, it's a movie that has to serve two very different masters, and it 
isn't really interested in serving one of them. But also, like, what is a what is a prequel to Alien? Like, it's a movie about space, <laughs> like factory yeah. workers. And I was space like, truckers meet a bad alien. <laughs> what prequel? What are you well, like the idea, the about? idea of well, hang on, hang on, because H.R. Giger and his art are illicit enough, or not, maybe not illicit, but they are illicit, <laughs> explicit. They're imp- uh, well, yeah. they are. Giger's work well, is extremely sexual, but oh, still. absolutely, my dude, it's all dicks and vajayjays. Yeah, but his his work and its influence on the movie, I think, is implicit in like a deep history that. Like the engineer's the pilot seat with the engineer in it is in the first alien. Is it focused yeah, cool. on? Nah. But like I'd love when what I thought I was getting was a movie that was gonna be focused on whatever happened to this ship that made it crash. And like realizing the part of my realizing I liked Prometheus was realizing that movie is only about aliens with no people in it. And like obviously that movie's that not gonna get made because sci-fi suck. Sci-fi doesn't get doesn't do well in the United States. Um, unless it's James Cameron, which is wild, and he's yes. repeatedly done sci-fi. Or in America the Marvel love. Cinematic Universe. Or There's uh, no Marvel movies that are sci-fi. I'll say that. I'll be the first to say that. There's no there sci-fi are, Marvel movies yet. The concept of a man that climbs into an iron suit that makes him a superhuman is a science fiction concept. No, and I, but And I know that not. like the Guardians work much more on fan. It is! Yeah, that's an Asimov story. It's told differently than an Asimov sure, story would be told. Guess, but like, yeah. that's that's all there. Most of it is like fantasy. Like the Guardians yeah, operate on like a fantasy spectrum. But yeah. 90% of Thor Ragnarok is on like an alien planet. But it's, the, but it's the, Thor. So it's, it's, in, it's inherently it's handcuffed it's by the mixture. fact that he's but a I, god. I understand what you're saying. I, I get what yeah. you're saying. I forgot about the Guardians movies, which are incredible movies and are absolutely probably more based in sci-fi than. Yeah, they're the two best movies in the whole franchise. There is magic in them, like there's space rocks and shit. But also, like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. But what I meant initially that yeah, Yondu's incredible, and goddamn Guardians of the Galaxy for getting rid of him already. But um, R.I.P. Or went out. Yeah, but it was good. It was you know good, I mean? but like I could have done it a movie later. I could have had yeah, I could one have, more. He could have become the new Iron Man for all I get. For all like, I, I would have watched. Yeah. I would have watched eighteen movies about. He Yon. put on his mohawk, and I was like, "Yeah, dude, he's a, he's a guardian of the galaxy." Um, no, yeah. but what I meant specifically by like sci-fi doesn't do well in America is if you look at serious, um, maybe not blockbuster in terms of what you think comes with blockbusters, like. Mm-hmm popcorn movies but like highly produced highly polished sci-fi you get like prometheus you get you get blade runner both of them right neither sure. of them did really well commercially but they're huge both of them classics. did notably very poorly yeah <laughs> both of them. and you you know i i think the original blade runner for most people is considered like a an absolute stone cold classic it's incredible um, yeah and I love the way 2049 looks. I'm not like crazy about the movie, but there's a lot of cool shit in that movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then we're gonna. But we're I, get what, you, to I get what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah Ex Machina is a is a you know <laughs> yeah. sizable enough success, but it's not a transcendent piece of science fiction. Same thing right. with Annihilation. Any Alex Garland joint, I guess. Yeah, Alex Garland and Denis Villeneuve make movies that people watch if they're smart. But not movies that people watch if they don't take chances. On mass. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And like we're getting a Dune movie. And like Dune is the most sci-fi wild weird shit that we we're gonna get for a minute because there's giant fucking sandworms and yeah. 
It's going to be wild. And, and that trailer is so good to me. It's I a understand. really well cut trailer. It's really I'm well not cut. It doesn't say on shit. The movie? Sure. But it's a very well done. As an, as an admirer of well cut trailers, uh, you know, the, the Mission Impossible Fallout trailer is Oof. one of the most remarkable three minutes I've ever seen in it's my entire so life. Good. The and then the movie, movie also rules, but I think that trailer deserves like a fucking special jury prize sure. <laughs> for, for accomplishment in trailer making. Yeah, and Dune, everyone like pee-pees, poo-poos in their suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole sci-fi thing. Yeah, it's crazy. But back to our original reason we got into this. Um, yeah, so Podmetheus is over. Now we're moving on to podcast. <laughs> we, we did it anyway, yeah. Um, read the, read the tweet, read the tweet again so that we can, so that we can reframe the conversation. The tweet was that away, far away. Is it just away? It's just away, which like, okay. Away is, come on. Away is not as good as the other word in there. (laughs) I wanted to, I said far away because I have tried. I know. Like, please God, stop calling shows (laughs) just vague words. Like you can have one word titles community fargo but they have to be at least like a little descriptive yeah. archer i'm like okay that's an evocative word away uh but anyway not here to not <laughs> yeah so so it's it's better than it's it's not as good as the martian but it's better than ad astra and i replied excuse me i just like hiccup burped in the middle of that i just found out you alex garland Jason's, uh excitement hiccups <laughs> yeah in, in, i did i did absence, yeah. i just found out that alex garland's writing the screenplay for the halo film so yeah that sounds good that could be great yeah, anyway okay. I, i'm suddenly interested again um i love his movies his show was boring as fuck but his movies are very good oh i didn't watch devs i wanted to because it looked the, interesting the pilot of devs rules and then the second episode of devs makes the bold choice of not focusing on anything i liked in the pilot and focusing on our really boring lead with her really boring mystery plot and i was like all right devs this is where you and i <laughs> This or you and I part ways. We have made a. We have to. This is nope. Bye. You know how good Nick Offerman was in the pilot of Devs. Let's barely put him in the second episode. Incredible. Hey man, sometimes right. sometimes uh, you only catch goodness once, and then it's gone. But anyway, the pilot of Devs is a very good uh, film. Okay. Anyway, keep going. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm done. Right. I'm done. So my response to that tweet was merely like a, a question I, tr- I thought was shooting into the ether. I should have known better. But I said, why do I feel yeah, like sorry, I'm the dog, only... I'm really bored at work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I should have known better because it was a conversation with this community that's so active and interactive. But like, sure, still, my brain was like, I'm going to just send this one in and uh, <laughs> they, it'd be fine. And so I said, I feel like I'm the only person that really liked Ad Astra. And you're you're not like if I okay I'm gonna go on to my letterboxed account and look at the reviews of Ad Astra from people that I follow and in the lead up to this movie it was like five star five four and a half four like it was all fucking excellent reviews and that's why I was like okay I got to go see this movie in the <laughs> theater I cannot wait and right. then I watched this movie and I said jesus fucking christ but yeah my my review list you can't see it four and a half four and a half four five four one three and a half four and a half someone gave it a a one that's incredible yeah dog i gave it a two uh in the end it is a remarkable visual piece it needs a square one script rewrite dog 
a square mm. script rewrite. Why? Because it fucking sucks. It's boring. <laughs> the, I've seen too many movies about sad boys going into space to find their space dad. The Wait, Brad Pitt you've seen over, too many? Other than Guardians yeah. 2, tell me. I mean, okay, I guess it's not necessarily Space Dad, but it's like it's so <laughs> reminiscent of fucking. I mean, everyone said Interstellar, and Interstellar is obviously true, but it's just the the oldest. I must go find my dad story. Brad Pitt's voiceover is. I'm I'm sort of a voiceover apologist. If done well, it can be like a very effective tool. Yeah. My God, is it the worst voiceover in the last 20 years? It's See, just Brad Pitt describing shit that's already on screen. And I'm like, I know, Brad, I'm watching the movie. Like, the mm. scene in this movie, it's like the co-pilot who's supposed to go out and fix the ship or whatever. I haven't seen this movie in a year. And the co-pilot is like shaking in his seat. He's like chewing his fingernails. It's like every scared person trope. And Brad Pitt goes... I could see that he was scared. <laughs> like I know, I'm watching Ad Astra, just like you, Brad. <laughs> but um, I mean, you you raise valid points, but like I never accept. I never saw those as indicators of a poor script or poor performance. Even I saw those as indicators of Brad Pitt playing a guy that's dry, calculated, and doesn't show emotion the whole fucking movie because that's what he is like he makes a point of they make a point of pointing out like five times in the first 30 minutes that like his heart rate never changes or never reaches above a certain level because he has such control over his emotions and like and then it then alludes to the fact that that like like addiction to control over his own emotions has led to like him not having a relationship and all this stuff. And then it, it prods you that it's because of his dad, who's a, a shitbird a little bit. What um, I really um, love in a protagonist is a complete lack of emotionality. I love a character I can't relate to. I love a character that gives me nothing to emotionally hang on to. Now, okay. You like, am, you like Witcher and you're coming at me with this heat. And Geralt feels <laughs> everything emotionally. Geralt is a very emotional man, despite what he says or wants sure, to come off as. Sure. There's this lie in the Witcher universe that Witchers don't feel anything. Geralt feels shit constantly. Constantly. 100%. Love, lust, anger, hate, fear. Like, he feels it all. And Have you ever played I a Final love... Fantasy game? No, actually. Fuck! Because half Sorry. of their protagonists are emotionless douchebags. Yeah, they <laughs> suck. I think they're bad. Yeah, um, that's kind I, of the I point. Admit, you know, in a video game, I'm fine with like a blank slate because I'm playing the blank slate. Like, that's fine. You can do that in a video game where I am giving this character life. You can't do that when it's fucking Brad Pitt. And I am normally against what I call Cinema Sins bullshit, where we're just going to like pick apart every needly detail. Like, that's not film criticism saying like, why would Black Widow have made this mistake? She's a combat trainer. I'm like, right, people never make mistakes, cinema sins. But this movie has so much fucking hog shit logic that even I was like, my God, none of this makes an ounce of sense. Um, <laughs> going to the moon 
is so pedestrian that it is essentially like airline travel. Like they hand you your peanuts, they give you your towel, you land on the moon and there's a fucking subway sandwichery and you drive five minutes away from the airport and you are actively being shot at by pirates. Going, making the moon so commercial that there is an Applebee's is an interesting idea. And I liked that idea. And then you immediately said, no, Pirate Moon. And I'm like, you cannot do Pirate Moon and Applebee's Moon. Those are two different moons. My no, dude. No, I don't see. I, I, I disagree with that because what you, the moon's a military base. It's not pedestrian in any way. They if, flow, it's, they I've, have stewardesses. D- yeah, they have stewardesses on flights base. to military. Average everyday travel. There are regular people all over that airport. And they're not catching a transfer. The moon is, going to the moon is so pedestrian in this universe. But what else, but there's nothing on, boring. but there's nothing on the moon, right? Like, doesn't matter. There's, there's, well, this, the there's this place like, and there's, and there's. So, but like there's, ahead, he lands ahead. he lands on the moon in the airport and like yes there's a small settlement that's built there but I don't see the moon as anything but an allegory to the yeah, wild there are franchise restaurants the whole that's, league, that's and, airports and that's just airports that doesn't denote any civility Not military base airports and sure then, like Brad Pitt says in his illustrious voiceover. Going to the moon had become like driving to, I can't remember. It's been a year, but it's like, it's just like driving to Florida. Like he just, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Like I'm watching this very pedestrian moon. And then Brad Pitt thinks I'm too stupid to get it. So Brad Pitt has to tell me about how commercial the moon. Remember the majority of people that watch sci-fi. That is such an interesting (laughs) idea. Like we've made the moon so pedestrian this place that seems so far away it's a celebration every time we go there and we've made it technology and travel has come so far that it's like going to wisconsin and that is so interesting and then they throw it out immediately there is okay the fucking plot of this movie is that brad pitt needs to get on a rocket to find his dad hold on i've got to finish talking about the moon before you start going okay i'm sorry talk about the moon talk because I don't think that any of the things you say about what they show of the moon before pirates attack is any evidence to disqualify the fact that it still may be a better representation of the Wild West than than a resort. Like, just because there's an Applebee's there and, like, a subway does not mean that, like, the whole moon is settled by one nation at all. And so the idea that the moon is this place that people are tussling over in the negative spaces between between bases made a lot of sense to me. Like if we are starting to settle the moon, then there's obviously going to be people that are going to take advantage of how dangerous it is to travel between separate spots and how expensive and how valuable the resources that are taken between those things are going to be. And space pirates is an idea as old as fucking star Wars. So like, I love space pirates, but don't, you can't give me Applebee's and space pirates. But they they did. And I loved it because of the dichotomy because 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 if they'd given you a fully domesticated moon where nothing happens, it would have been like, what a cool idea. But you still would have been upset they didn't go deep enough into it. And so instead, you're like, oh, domesticated moon. Oh, wait, maybe not. And then they're gone. And then they never come back. And a, and a rocket blowing up pirates on the moon was fucking cool. <laughs> and that, that's all I wanted out of the moon. So a cool image. And that was what I got. Uh, you know, the, the, the their rover, like floating away in zero or minimal G into the crater was kind of cool, but I like didn't care about 
any of it. Like, I don't care about what's happening to these people. I don't. Who is he with? Ed Harris? I feel like it's Ed Harris. Who is he with? I think it's in Ed that Harris. scene. I think it's Ed Harris. And he like dies in that scene. And you can do, because this movie is so echoing of fucking apocalypse now. Like this movie is space apocalypse now, which (laughs) should be the best movie I've ever heard of. You give me space apocalypse now and you can do like, this is a slow journey into madness and madness claims all but our protagonist. That's interesting. You can do that. But they didn't make me care about any of these people, like the soldiers that randomly die because like Brad Pitt sneaks onto their ship and they all just like end up killing each other. Like the space baboon (laughs) that eats that guy's face. Like you can do that, but you do have to make me at least present me with characters before killing off these randos. They stay specifically in the movie, like going to Uranus. That's the farthest we've ever gone. The fact that Tommy Lee Jones is out there is knuckin' futz. And that, but you can just turn on autopilot and fall asleep and get to Uranus. That doesn't make any fucking sense within the internal logic of the movie that you've presented to me. Why not? Hold on. Why not? That's how it would. Because, okay, if Uranus is the farthest we've ever gone, that mm-hmm. implies that it's very difficult to get there it's long it would require active uh participation to get there but you can just hit autopilot and just get there and space travel space travel is so macrocosm that like there is no participation that you could do that would that would take place on a daily basis you don't fly you don't aim at the planet and fly to it when it's that far away you calculate where the planet's going to be in six months when you get there and fly straight because the systems aren't that the systems aren't that complex. You have massive geospatial bodies that are moving in a decided pattern, and you calculate that pattern and aim for the spot you need to go, and then you do just go, and then you go to sleep, and you have to live by yourself on a ship for three months while you get there. But the, you don't. There's no micro calculations you have to make. It, it's space. There's no friction. There's no. There's no forces that are going to impact your ship. So that's that it may be the farthest we've gone because it takes the longest as Kev takes a long drink of water. It, it, that's the far- water, my dude. <laughs> Love it. Um, it's the farthest we've, it's the, it's the farthest we've ever gone. And like, it's difficult because it's far, not because the trip would be physically hard to pilot. It's space. Unfortunately, space travel is boring. You go point click. We're going there. You know, I'm just going to put it out there. A lot of movies and shows and books and video games have made it very interesting. And I would encourage <laughs> Ad Astra to take some fucking notes. No, see, that's exactly why I like this movie. Because it made space dangerous and mundane. Which is what it is. It's extremely dangerous. But also, if you push something in a direction, it will go that direction forever. So, like... All right. Dope. So you were saying it's about him going to his dad who's at a station oh, that's searching so for aliens. So he goes to find Tommy Lee Jones' dad, which, like, fine. You know, this is a movie. Okay, your dad is causing the end of the universe, and you're the only guy that can go get him. I will give a movie that much. Because the 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 the, the movie clearly lines out something is going on on spaceship Tommy Lee Jones and it is threatening to like tear the galaxy apart. We will not survive if Tommy Lee Jones continues to go unchecked. And so Brad Pitt gets all the way out there to fucking Uranus. 
lands there. And Tommy Lee Jones says like, uh, yeah, there was a mutiny. Weird. And, uh, and on the way out, they uh, hit a button and it started causing the end of the universe. What button did they hit? What switch did they flip that caused universe quakes? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't need aliens, but like, at least, like, give me something more than whoops. And the galaxy's gonna end, and Tommy Lee Jones didn't turn off the switch in, like, 20 years or however long. That's fucking, that's the dumbest shit. And it's stupid. It's fucking stupid. Spec Ops the line for dummies is <laughs> all, all this is. You can go. You can say your piece. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think you have, uh, <laughs> I think you have a very deep beef with having had expectations um upset yeah i i like movies to be good and unfortunately Ad oh was fuck not. you <laughs> get the fuck out of here <laughs> uh no like the the premise of like we sent a ship out to search for extraterrestrial life and then it didn't work there we didn't we found nothing and the crew lost hope and wanted to come home because they were on the edge of the solar system. But this motherfucker, Tommy Lee Jones, is so obsessed with his work that he's not going to allow anyone to go home. So he kills the whole crew. And like that process damages his ship irreparably. So he's just stranded out there and can't do anything because it's broken. And now the signal that they were launching out into space, which would have to have a tremendous amount of electronic or electromagnetic power, is now mm. facing back inwards. And for years, those waves would have been missing Earth until they weren't. And now it's causing the op, like essentially solar flares from the other side. And like, that's that takes some stretching, sure. But like, I never <laughs> thought at any point it was like, this is dumb and, and trite. Like, I will, I will admit that like going to go see his, him being the only guy that can go do this is interesting. Like, I get it. He's a career man. And they're like, hey, no one else is. He's not listening to anybody else. Maybe your dad will listen to you. Uh, I think that falls apart as soon as you have him tell them like, oh, yeah, my dad never fucking talked to me. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, cool. Fuck it. We're just going to launch a nuke at it. Um, yeah. Like, well, you know, it's a movie. And it's much, it's a, it's a more interesting film, probably, if it's like dad and son. I've seen enough daddy issue movies to like last me until my dying day. But okay, it's a movie. Go out into space and hug your dad because he never hugged you. Fine, whatever. But also, like, I love that I, he gets to his dad and his dad's still a fucking asshole. And he's like, sure. fuck you. No, no, I don't, I'm, I'm, I am home. I'm not going back. Fuck this. Like that yeah, was. Yeah, I've seen apocalypse now like i know like it's okay like i get it um see i haven't so that might also be a thing oh i haven't taken the time to watch that i'll probably be like ad astro did it better um because i watched it first the way whatever i also know that you're not defending this as like the greatest movie ever like i know (laughs) i know that i hated it and you were like oh that was an interesting movie (laughs) uh but now we've now we've hashed it out on on podcast yeah, I should also be, as my last point, I should also point out that I have a weird, I take a weird liking to movies that go, you're going to expect something out of this, and we're not going to give it to you. And I, I, I'll give those, I'll curve my scores 
for that movie based on them doing that in an artful enough way that it doesn't feel like they lied to me. And so Ad oh, Astra, sure. I, I mean, went into... Usually I like that as well. Yeah, Ad Astra, I went into like... Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> Prometheus, sure. The Sisters Prometheus. Brothers is the first one I think of, um, which is that uh, John C. Riley, Joaquin Phoenix Western, mm-hmm. that like has all the auspices of a Western movie, like spaghetti yep. Western movie, and instead uh, endeavors to tell a story that's like much more... Yo, this is what life was probably more like. Shitty and sucked and not a lot of happened. And that yeah. And uh I like that movie a lot because it was that way. And so I think I liked that Astra because I went into it thinking it's good aliens. It's it's got to be aliens. And like a loving mm-hmm. reunion and instead it was like nope, dad's a piece of shit. And the takeaway is there's nothing to write home about, which I made a comment on in the tweet thread. Because uh, I'm going to find it because I, I thought. Yeah, Robbie, old, old Robbie Sherman. I uh, thought Robbie was making in. a pun and he wasn't. He just said he felt like the plot was nothing to write home about. And I said, I can't decide if this is a joke take or a convenient pun because the plot of this movie is literally there's nothing to write home about. Yeah. And in, yeah. in concept, I, I like that idea that that space is actually really boring. I just wish that the movie wasn't. So, also, anyway, how much of the weird stuff did he, did he experience in space, or how much of it was him actually going a little crazy? Oh, I hate that. If you <laughs> want to talk about things I hate, it's like, is it real or is he going crazy? I don't don't show me shit that's not real. Movie, don't don't give me that. We talked Tell about me or- <laughs> we talked about Inception last week, and now Inception, Kev's like, everything Fuck it. in Inception <laughs> happens. Everything in Inception happens. Like that, you know, say what, like the dreams aren't real, but it's happening to those characters. And there is no doubt based on the logic of the movie that Leonardo DiCaprio is no longer in a dream at the end of the movie. Like based on the rules of the movie, he's not in there anymore. Um, And the the ending shot is symbolic rather than uh, literal. It is literal. But, you know, when I I mean, we've talked about this with with Chase on the show before. Yeah, Um, Yeah. Don't give me that like well he's losing his mind and how much of this is real i'm like that sounds terrible why would i watch that movie <laughs> why would i anyway it's fine it's fine This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show.